You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, August 31st. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Fires on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or where I'm a staff writer over at Just Baseball. Great website. You should check it out. Um, or maybe if pop culture is your thing, you know, I've written in a bunch of places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, and many more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And if you're on watching on uh, YouTube, you can see that in the the bottom left-hand corner. You can see that. You see that little thing right there? Look at it. Look at it. At Javapeno. And you can hit me up on either of those two questions, uh, either of those two accounts, I should say, with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. And I'll do my very best to get back to you and even get back to you here on the show, guys. Today's show is brought to you. Brought to you by a very, very special very special place, I must say. Rock Auto. They've got an amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Be sure to do that, guys. And also be sure to listen to today's episode because it's a goodie. It's a goodie, ladies and gentlemen. It's my second episode on YouTube. Again, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the first episode that debuted yesterday. Uh, this time, I actually, I wore headphones, I think, didn't I? And the first one, I think I did, right? Let me put those back on. I don't know why. Just, just for continuity i guess but anyway for today's episode guys we are recapping the padres first victory hopefully of many in this three game set against the diamondbacks they won seven to five then going to be talking about some other stuff i'm getting a little bit creative i guess you could say so for the rest of the show i want to talk about who i think the padres actually should have gotten at the trade deadline going to be talking a little bit about bullpen stuff and how they've actually been secretly uh quite a bit of a problem for the padres granted so is basically every aspect of the team uh in the second half ever since july 30th that dreadful dreadful day and then going to be talking a little bit about some some serious issues revolving some sports writers and some not even allegations, but some some genuinely serious issues that I just felt like I should touch on a little bit, uh, and that'll kind of round out the episode. And uh, because let me let me tell you guys, the Padres right now are just playing. They're 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 playing depressingly, and it's it's not that there isn't much to talk about. It's just that it's kind of like like I'm hoping that this is the game that that kickstarts them. I, I'm always hoping that that every time they get a, a game win, every time they win, every time they get that little W, you're hoping that they uh that's the beginning of more to come. I guess you could say. So let's get into it, guys. They win last night's game by a score of 7-5 to five over those awful, those dreadful Arizona Diamondbacks. How dreadful are they? They're the worst team in all of baseball, ladies and gentlemen. Their run differential, if I'm not mistaken, is, st- yeah, minus 183. Pittsburgh is actually a little bit worse, minus 188 right now. Minus one, or I'm sorry, Baltimore Orioles. I forgot about that team. You know, the team that won like that lost like 18 games in a row. Okay, so the Orioles are a little bit worse, but even still, the Dimebacks are a mess, uh, basically in every um, sense of the word. But in this game, thankfully, the Padres did not blow it. They went seven to five behind the back of Mr. Chris Paddock making his debut off of not debut. That's a wrong word. This is YouTube's got me nervous using the wrong words. Uh, no, he comes back from the IL, his first start, if I'm not mistaken, in in quite a long time, 
since July 27th, in fact. So, yeah, it's been a month since we've seen Chris Paddock. And you might be thinking to yourself, like, well, Chris Paddock wasn't all that effective. 5.13 ERA heading into the game. But that's kind of how dire the situation has got here for the Padres. We're just having a starting pitcher that you feel like at least can be good sometimes is really big for this team because you had you Darvish on the IL for so long. Ryan Weathers is one of the worst starting pitchers in baseball, which I touched on recently. Um, you know, you basically only have Joe Musgrove and Blake Snell as of late, and you've had all these bullpen games. So having Chris Paddock back actually is, in my opinion, a big uh, plus for the team. And thankfully, it wasn't just that he was back. He was also good. He goes four and two-thirds innings, only giving up one earned run on three hits, walking nobody and striking out five. Love seeing the control from Paddock. If there's one good thing about Chris Paddock this year, um, that also he was able to carry over from last year is that he is very good with his control for the most part, right? He sometimes doesn't hit his spots on certain pitches, but he doesn't walk guys, which is very, very um, good. Unlike another pitcher, Mr. Blake Snell on the team, but uh, he was solid in this game and it's not a good team to be going up against. So it's good to see Chris Paddock have the Diamondbacks, his first start um, coming off the aisle and look pretty good doing it uh, in terms of his pitch mix. I guess I might as well talk about that really quickly. Uh, it was fine. I mean, he did what he usually does. He threw a lot of four seam fastballs in this game. He did generate eight whiffs on them, which was solid. He threw the curveball nine times, which isn't a lot. But one thing I've liked from Chris Paddock this year is he became a little bit too much of a one trick pony or I should say two-trick pony, where it was just all fastballs, all change-ups. And his change-up was deadly. Don't get me wrong. His rookie season was one of the most deadly change-ups in the league, uh, and it's why he had a genuine rookie of the year case, um, Mr. Chris Paddock, back in 2019. But this time, he's getting a little bit more hit on that fastball. That's what happened in 2020. And this year, unfortunately, the change-up isn't as wipeout as it used to be. Because that's unfortunate because his curveball usage is, is he's genuinely added a little bit of a third pitch. He doesn't use it all the time, but it's something that he can at least throw in there that he's starting to develop. So I'm hoping that, look, Chris Paddock is still a guy with potential. He's still a guy that can be maybe not necessarily an ace quality starting pitcher, but maybe he can be a decent guy for your middle of the rotation when you really need him. Right. And this team, as of right now, they need everything. And thankfully, they did win this game and the Reds did lose last night, which was lovely. So they gain a little bit of a game back in this very heated wild card race that might not be heated for too much longer, given that the Reds have such a easier schedule than the Padres, but nonetheless, uh, it was still good uh, for the Padres, but that wasn't all. It wasn't just the return of Chris Pack That was nice uh, for the team. We also get all sorts of good offensive stuff. First of all, top of the first inning to start things off a two run bomb from Fernando Tatis jr. 433 feet. It's a low pitch, by the way, it's a, cur- a breaking ball uh, down um, um, the zone. I can't speak. Uh, and Tatis just lifts it over the fence, which was great. Austin Nola hits a single later on in the game. Trent Grisham reaches on an infield single. Apparently, there were some errors that occurred. I was recording something else uh, that's actually coming out on Wednesday, the IBWA podcast, if you guys want to check that out, my first one. Uh, so I missed kind of some of the errors, but still, uh, thank God. I mean, the Padres need a little bit of a break every now and then. This is the Arizona Dimeback, so it's nice to see them get a little bit lucky there. They also get lucky, in my opinion, top of third inning. Uh, Adam Frazier gets a single, allowing Will Myers to score. And Will Myers, by the way, has a good game yet again from Will Myers. And I think that that must be discussed, too. Will Myers, ever since July 30th, has been basically the best hitter on the Padres, which is 
quite insane considering that he's been basically kind of the black sheep of the team for a while. Uh, if we're being honest, being known as the guy who was traded for Trey Turner and that they shouldn't have done that. Uh, but he has a 125 WRC plus since July 30th. He's batting 275 with a 375 on base. The on base percentage is probably the biggest key with him. He's not heading for power as much as he would be and his expected batting average. Maybe he's getting a little bit lucky, but bottom line, he's been pretty productive and he's taking advantage of his speed. So while his home run numbers are not as gargantuan as they have been in the past or even heck even last year's pace that he was quite good uh he's still managing to do what it takes right and in this case that stolen base does end up becoming key because it was kind of a doinky hit from adam frazier wasn't hit all that hard but it allows um will myers to score which was very nice then there is some wild pitches that happen with dalton versho allowing to score eric hosmer i forgot to mention him he deserves to be talked about hits a home run in this game as well to deep center then the reason this game was close was because the Diamondbacks had a grand slam from Cattell Marte after Daniel Hudson, who was a pickup for the Padres at the trade deadline, comes in and gives up two walks, strikes out two, but nonetheless, he gets one hit, walks to uh, only last two thirds of an inning. And then Emilio Pagan comes in on the second pitch. Cattell Marte just rips some. And I know Emilio Pagan can be a little bit susceptible to the fly ball every now and then he's still an okay reliever 3.31 area. That's not that, that bad, but nonetheless, he makes you nervous. Even if he is the type of guy that you bring in to strike guys out, he just, he's really susceptible to the long ball. So I'm not sure if that was the best guy to bring in, in that situation, but even still Daniel Hudson's the one who loaded up the bases in the first place. So I don't necessarily want to do the, the hate Jace Tingler bandwagon. Cause I know a lot of uh, Padres fans have been on that lately and we'll be talking about him a little bit later in the week as well. So stay tuned for that episode. But, um, Nonetheless, it didn't matter because then Tatis and Machado, they come up big with Manny Machado hitting what I thought was a home run off the bat in the in the, uh, the top of the ninth inning. And then Tatis hits a double to bring him home, giving them some insurance runs. And then the Shark, dun, 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 he comes in and gets, uh, gets the save. It's been a while since we've basically seen him in a save situation. And he comes through. He does allow a double, but then he strikes out one, gets a ground out on the next out. Uh, so just good stuff from Mark Melanson. He picks up his save. Uh, for the first time in what feels like forever. And that makes me nervous, actually, believe it or not, every now and then. Uh, let me tell you, it makes me nervous because I don't like it when guys haven't pitched in a while and then they just come in and then that's when they get blown up completely. But in this case, it does not happen. The Shark, very consistent for the team all year. And believe it or not, this was, it's kind of silly in baseball in general to say this is a, a game they needed to win this one. But still, uh, they got it and they got it done against a bad team, which has been the narrative of this team is that they can't beat subpar teams. Hopefully they can keep it going tomorrow against the D-backs with Blake Snell starting, who has been very good of late. I cannot wait for that because Snell's development lately, throwing more fastballs, throwing more sliders, kind of ditching the changeup and curveball has me excited. That's actually a mechanical change instead of just getting lucky. So uh, yeah, that's very good. But speaking of sometimes luck guys, I need to talk to you about something very important, right? It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football. That's right, the old American football, as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. And as always, Bet Online has you covered. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest, that's right, the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus and be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo which is that if you make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener 
between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Check that out. For new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And they've got you with other things like baseball, like basketball, like football, obviously, and boxing. They got you covered, guys. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON when you go there as well. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's continue talking about the episode. All right, now I want to talk a little bit more about the team in general. All right, so we just mentioned Myers, and I want to talk about Adam Frazier a little bit. And I want to talk about specifically who the Padres should have gotten at the trade deadline. All right, because Adam Frazier, this new job of the hut, no good slob of a second baseman, to quote my guy uh, Stephen A., he was talking about Jamarcus Russell, for those who are unfamiliar with that iconic clip. For my guy, uh, Stephen A. Look, Adam Frazier's been bad for the Padres. And in this game, he it's just like take your two hacks and leave with him. And that, I mean, he takes the first pitch and he swings in the next one. It's this little blooper that feels like I could have hit it that hard, right? Hard hit rate was never a big thing with him. And that might be the biggest evidence for why we should have expected a, uh, a regression, at least in my opinion. Maybe not a regression to this uh, degree. For Mr. Adam Frazier, where you're like unplayable and you're losing at bats to basically everybody. I know he gets an RBI in the game, but like I said, it was a little bit of a fielding miscue, by the way. Kind of head off the guy's glove, so he got a little bit lucky on that respect. But with the Padres this year, he's batting 227 um, with a 272 on base and a 268 slugging percentage. That's genuinely... like atrocious, absolutely atrocious as compared to his 324, 388, 448 slash line with Pittsburgh. Granted, 27 games, so it's a small sample size, but he looks terrible. The guy looks terrible. And it makes me wonder, should the Padres instead should have gone for Josh Harrison? That's right, Josh Harrison. That might be a name that not everybody's familiar with, but I actually like Josh Harrison, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, first of all, he's just a fun player. If Padres fans, you know, you might have watched earlier in the year when they were playing against the Nationals. Well, not earlier in the year. This this was like, what, like a month ago or so? And Josh Harrison, the fans were jawing at him over at Petco Park, and he was giving it right back to them. He's a fun personality. So that's one reason that I like him, right? And the other reason I like him is because he's just got a little bit more consistency. He, You might know him actually from a few bit years back when he was with Pittsburgh. He actually had a bunch of these. You should go look these up. These amazing like bases running, uh, base running situations where he got caught in a pickle and then just got right out of it doing the dip and dodge and all that stuff. And it was really just, just kind of entertaining. I really liked it. And the Oakland A's ended up picking him up instead at the trade deadline. And for Oakland, he isn't killing it. Let me be clear. This isn't like some guy that is the popular name that everyone's talking about, right? Everyone's talking about how Joey Gallo has been great for the Yankees and how I can't think of another name off the top of my head, but there's been a lot of, you know, a Willie Adamas of Milwaukee, right? This isn't necessarily a league winner, but Josh Harrison for Oakland Athletics right now, over 20 games, he's batting 268 with a 325 on base with a 408 slugging percentage. He's a decent defender. And like I said, an exciting base runner. Um, he's got three steals in terms of that respect. Um, and he's got two home runs for them so far, which isn't too bad. He's just been an okay player. And the reason why I like Josh Harrison a little bit more is because he's been he, at, at points in his career, just a little bit better. And he's played for a longer time. He's got that veteran uh, spirit to him. So I kind of wonder if he would have just been like a spark plug would have been this guy that just would have been exciting to have on the team. Um, again, again, and this is such a cliche thing to say, but hindsight is 2020. But thankfully, one thing I will say is it's not like the Padres gave up too much. They gave up to Capino Marcano, Sawinski, and, and and someone else. Like they they didn't give up 
any of their golden egg prospects or anything like that. And I get why they want to take him. But my thing was the hard hit rate was still the same for Adam Frazier in the second, in the first half, as it has been for most of his career. He's not hit the ball particularly hard. It's not like we, there was a reason why his batting average and on base skills were so high and that he was leading the NL in hits. It might've just been luck. It might've just been luck. His bad was around 348, which isn't super duper high, but it's still high. Right. So it, it still might be one of the reasons that it didn't go well for, Adam Frazier so far for the Padres. I hope he keeps it up, but it's not a good sign that he's having stints where he just sits three games in a row. And it's not like Jerickson Profar and especially Hassan Kim are performing that well. So I actually think Josh Harrison would have been an interesting grab for them. Now, some people might say, oh, well, you might as well got in Javi Baez, who's been in the news a lot. I talked about it the other day. You can go listen to that. I'm not going to regurgitate that, but I think that there are definitely some other names out there that would have been fun. Hey, I actually think Robbie Grossman is a pretty good player. Similar to Tommy Pham. And the, now, granted, he plays right field. I don't know if they would have had a spot for him, but uh, especially without the DH, we need the DH in baseball, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, for people watching the YouTube, check out my shirt. It's home run, uh, you know, Hermanos. It's this. It's the shirt from uh, Roto Wear. It's Tatis and Machado. It, it almost looks like a Mario Brothers cover. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what it looks like. It reminds me of something, though. But yeah, that's that's why you should be listening to the, uh, watching the YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, because you see what shirt I wear each time and what kind of weird mannerisms that I come up with. But anyway, uh, so that's a guy that I think that the Padres might have been interested in. Granted, like I said, hindsight 2020, but probably wouldn't have cost nearly anything. Might not even cost you what they gave up for Adam Frazier, to be honest with you. But uh, we'll see if he is able to kind of pick uh, pick it up in, in uh, the second half for the Padres. And also, I just wanted to mention, you know, just in general, I know a lot of people have been talking about former Padres that are doing great for other teams right now, like your Cal Quantrill, like your Jorge Mateo even, and Luis Patino and all these guys, Luis Urias. And, and that's going to be something that I think we're going to talk about later in the week. Former Padres, and I mean by former Padres, I'm not necessarily talking about Trey Turner. We all know that that was a bad trade. It was a disaster. We all know that. But I want to talk about the recent ones over the last year and how A.J. Peller was always wheeling and dealing, whether or not that was necessarily the best thing to do. Uh, granted, this is the peak of hindsight 2020 type of talk that we're going to get into, but I think that'd be a fun segment to kind of break things up. So look forward to that. Maybe later in the week. I don't know for sure. Uh, and then I want to talk about the rest of the Padres offense since July 30th. But before we get into that, before we get into that, guys, I need to talk to you about a very, very special thing, ladies and gentlemen. And that is Direct TV Stream. It's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, ladies and gentlemen. And now, vroom, 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 vroom. Let's talk about cars, ladies and gentlemen, specifically rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. I mean, it's 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 tough. It can be tough out here. But don't worry. You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. You save time and money when using RockAuto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can just go to RockAuto? 216 for a Honda Odyssey fuel pump at RockAuto.com and it's 353 at chain stores that just basically encapsulates for you right there prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps and mortar oil and even new carpet 
Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Guys, rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, guys, let's get into this last segment. Let's talk about the Padres batters. All right, and then it's a very serious topic, which we got to talk about. I also, I actually forgot to do this before. Let's talk a little bit also about the bullpen. I think we're going to save this for another day, but this graphic did come up uh, on, on the broadcast that I was watching. The Padres bullpen the last 15 games has a 5.28 ERA and all previous games, 2.87. Uh, this was shown after the Emilio Pagan br- blow up. And I wondered, has it really been that bad? Yes, it has been bad. They're 17th in baseball in bullpen ERA since July 30th. And I'm going to keep using July 30th, by the way, uh, when talking about uh, all the stats for the Padres. Not necessarily second half, but specifically July 30th, because that was the nightmare day when we didn't do anything necessarily huge at the trade deadline. The Scherzer thing fell through. So I'm always going to go from July 30th because that was such a depressing day, especially since it was my birthday, too, on top of that. So I'm always going to use July 30th forward uh, stats, at least for the rest of the season, I guess we should say. So that's just one thing I'm doing. And then also in terms of the Padres offense, just want to quickly mention, I talked about Will Myers. He's been basically the most productive hitter. The second most productive hitter has been Jake Cronenworth for the Padres. WRC plus of 122, which is, you know, not elite all-timer, you know, world-beating level. But he's been solid, and he's certainly got that that power when you need it. You know what I mean? That guy can hit the ball hard. He does not strike out a lot. He's not whiff a lot. And I love it. I love it what uh, so much. But out of a lot of the main guys, you know, a lot of the main culprits, everyone talks about Eric Hosmer. But he's been okay. One thing about Hosmer is that he has been able to walk. He's been getting lucky, as usual, with the ground balls. He hits everything on the ground, and it's frustrating. But did have a solo shot last night, which we should give him credit for, which was nice. And it ends up being a little bit of a difference maker. So that's very good. And also, like I said, with the walk rate, which is appreciated, it's better than a lot of the other guys on the team. So WRC+, plus, Manny Machado is an 87. And a big part of that is he has a 62 uh, walk percentage as compared to a 19.5 strikeout percentage. Now, 19.5 isn't that bad. The difference more is that he isn't walking, right? That's the thing with Manny Machado. He usually balances better than most players in the league, a walk to strikeout ratio, basically. Considering that he's like a 35 homer potential guy, the fact that he doesn't strike out that much, the fact that he has a pretty decent walk rate is one of his strengths as a batter. But he's just not doing that right now. I'm hoping that, you know, calendar is about to turn it's August 31st today, but it's about to be September. Maybe he just really goes all out and has a great September. That's what I'm hoping for him. But then really even worse than that is Tommy Pham and uh, Adam Frazier. 55 WRC plus for Adam Frazier and 51 for Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham, the only thing about him is that he gets walks. Otherwise, 150 batting average since July 30th. Uh, he's been a disaster. And in fact, WRC plus numbers, I haven't checked it the updated version of this, but it's still pretty much the same. He has a 27 WRC plus guys with runners in scoring position, which ranks last among all players in baseball. That's her. Oh, you're thinking, Oh, what about Isan Diaz of Miami Marlins? Maybe some other bad players in baseball. What about Clint Frazier? No. Well, Clint Frazier also isn't playing in fairness to the Yankees, but uh, no, it's even worse. It's even worse. So that kind of really captures just how bad the Padres offense has been. You know what I'm saying? So I know Eric Hosmer is the biggest problem for the team in the sense that with the contract and what he's getting paid and the fact that he plays so much that he's just been so terrible and one among the worst 
players in baseball, but he actually hasn't been the biggest culprit for the team as of late. That's Adam Frazier. That's Tommy Pham. And to a degree, that's even Trent Grisham. But, you know, at least Trent Grisham's also carrying our outfield in terms of defense. So I don't always get mad at him. But uh, anyway, guys, I just want to talk really quickly about something very serious. And that's uh, formerly of baseball prospectus, uh, Jonah Carey, who's a sports writer. It kind of came out yesterday that he's been in the sentencing stuff and all of these these trials and whatnot. And I, I don't want to like talk exactly what the kind of what he did because it's, it's a little bit gruesome. So everyone can check that up themselves. But I just want to talk really quickly about, you know, just this issue that we have in sports. And we had it with Jared Porter. Uh, that blew up with the Mets situation back over the winter. We had it with Mickey Calloway, which is another Mets-related adjacent situation. And just how this community, what I recommend to everybody is you need to be a lot more understanding. You need to reach out to people. You need to read. You need to listen. Because one thing that I found, uh, not appalling, that's not the word to say, but I was taken aback by it, is just how many people who say, like, man, Jonah Carey, like, he, he just seemed like a nice guy. He was always nice around me. And it's like, that's not a good way to be judging people because, you know, I, I brought this up actually. If everybody wants to check it out, it'll be out Wednesday. The IBWAA podcast. I highly recommend it. Really good. I'm going to be co-hosting that as well, talking more general baseball stuff. So mostly, don't get me wrong, you're going to be hearing Padres stuff on this here channel and this feed, but uh, that's where you'll hear all my general baseball takes. But one of the things I mentioned on there was the Deshaun Watson ongoing story. One of the things that brought up at one point was similar, where it was like he brought in all of these massage therapists that were like, hey, look, we liked him. He was fine to us, as if that somehow dispels how you treated other people. So don't listen to that type of um, drivel, that type of uh, that type of vernacular when it comes to these sort of issues. It is a huge problem in this industry. And one other point I would have is that it doesn't matter if it's video games. It doesn't matter if it's sports. It doesn't matter if it's the the fraternities, whatever it is. This is just an issue with with men. This is an issue with our culture and how people feel uncomfortable. It's a power imbalance, and it's terrible to hear things like what Jonah Carey did and hear that so many people were just appalled by it and they're surprised by it, yet they don't talk to women. They don't talk to the type of people that uh, these predators, these these sacks of crap, are you know getting away with all the stuff that they do. You know what I mean? They don't ask, and that's my issue. Back in the winter when I was talking about Jared Porter, Hannah Kaiser, who I'm a big fan of, she brought up, she asked Sandy Alderson and was like, did you ask women about the Jared Porter thing? He said no. And that's a big issue. And I'm not saying that if you ask women, that saves everything necessarily, at least in my opinion, I don't think that's going to save the world. But the fact that you don't even do that little part, that's a really bad thing. So if you guys want to go check up the Jonah Carey stuff, do uh, be sure to do that. But I'm just saying, like, it's a good sign as someone who also is a sports writer uh, to a much smaller degree myself uh, that it doesn't matter that this is an issue across everywhere in the locker room. And like I said, video games, go go look up the story in Activision Blizzard uh, and all that stuff that's going on in California. That's a disaster. And that's I mean, that's appalling stuff. My other thing would be this is you shouldn't be surprised by these allegations, these stories coming out. They have been coming out for a while. There's a reason the Me Too movement was such a big deal. And I just say for everybody, pay attention, listen to people. It is important to not only listen, but elevate voices that you know are traditionally uh, disenfranchised when it comes to this uh, industry that we all reside in. Don't get me wrong. I love talking Padres baseball. I like even making fun of Adam Frazier. It's fun every now and then, but like, to a degree, these are the issues that that matter the most and we need to address them and we need to talk about them as much as possible. And, you know, I'm a funny, goofy guy, but situations like this do need to be at least addressed every now and then. 
uh, on this here podcast of mine, even if my platform isn't, you know, that of a Peter King or whatever the heck, just first person that came off my mind, uh, then that doesn't mean that I don't that I have an excuse to ignore these things. Um, so yeah, that's just my thoughts on that guy's uh, really sad situation going on over there. That's it. That's basically it for my second ever episode of YouTube. I'm getting into a, a feel of things. I hope you guys are enjoying the video form of it, looking at my ugly face. Don't worry, I will be getting a shave soon. Usually I like to get my shave kind of, you know, I like to get my hair cut and then also shave this part. I don't like shaving. It's just too much to do. I don't like having to wake up and do that. Then it's just, it's just all over the place. I don't know. It just drives me insane. So I like to do it all in one. So I don't know. Leave a comment. If you think that I need to get my hair cut soon, I actually think it's not too bad. Go look up old pictures of me from the beginning of the pandemic, uh, 2020, when my hair was really, really bad. Uh, it was an absolute mess. Sorry for all the, the audio listeners right now that aren't exactly seeing my hair, but that's your incentive to go check out the uh, video version of the, the podcast, guys. So with that all being said, one last thing before we wrap up, actually, before we wrap up, betting on the Padres doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling to get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast guys in terms of the future of the show. Don't worry. You've got plenty of stuff to look forward to. Going to be talking about kind of what everybody wants to talk about uh, is Fernando Tatis Jr. What is his MVP status? Going to be talking about that uh, over the course of the week. Going to be talking about these new athletic power rankings that came out just because I think it'd be fun to look a little bit about uh, teams that are ranked ahead of the Padres, which at this point are probably a lot. So we're going to be talking about those. Those just came out from the athletic. Also going to be going over Dennis Lynn. For those who don't know, he's the Padres beat reporter over the athletic. He did a Q&A and I thought there was some interesting tidbits in there. We're going to react to that. Then going to be talking about former Padres as of late that were let go and how they're doing on other teams. And of course, and of course, going to be recapping these games against the Diamondbacks and eventually the Astros series that starts later on this week. So that's what you can look forward to. I hope you're enjoying the YouTube stuff. Hopefully I'm not stuttering too much. Hopefully the video quality and the sound quality is okay. And hopefully it's a learning experience and it's going to get better in the future. Just like I hope the Padres will get better in the future, guys. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcast from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Give me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast also. That would just make me all fluffy and happy inside. I really appreciate that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.